2: Let's talk 2024 Cincinnati Bengals coaching staff. Zach Taylor sharing his thoughts and some interview requests already out there for Bengals staff.
1: You are locked on Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisco, He's James Rapine. We are the Locked On Bengals podcast. You can find this podcast on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And when you subscribe, it not only supports us, and we appreciate that very much and deeply, it also makes it easy to become an everyday or to join the First Listen Club. And we appreciate all of you who are in either of those groups already. Today's episode, when we'll be talking about The Bengals coaching staff for a lion's share of the episode is brought to you by Jace Case, who can provide you with a personal supply of five antibiotics to treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first order. And James will start with Zach Taylor's expectations for his coaching staff. Around the NFL, Black Monday has occurred. The bulk of the coaching changes that you're going to see around the NFL have come down. Although I'm sure there will be some more smaller moves that continue to trickle in this week. For example, Jacksonville, right before we started recording, announcing that they're moving on from some position coaches on both sides of the ball. But Zach Taylor, you asked him, what's the future of this coaching staff? And he gave a pretty straightforward answer. He did.
0: He, he expects it to be intact unless they get jobs elsewhere. And so for those wondering about Frank Pollock or Brian Callahan, which I think was mentioned at times, maybe Lou Rumo during some of the, the struggles on defense, they're all going to be back unless they get jobs elsewhere. And so for the coordinators, Brian Callahan, that means, uh, you know, Lou Rumo that means head coaching jobs for guys underneath them. Well, it could mean coordinator jobs elsewhere. And Dan Pitcher, interviewed for a coordinator job last year in Tampa Bay. Troy Walters interviewed for a coordinator job last year in in, te- uh, in Houston with the Texans. So we'll see. But Zach Taylor clearly plans to, to bring back the entire staff. And to me, Jake, that was as much a, a Frank Pollock question as anything. Because I, I think most people assume that he had a three-year contract. He signed on prior to the 2021 season following two really rough years for Jim Turner as offensive line coach of the Bengals. And he took some heat, certainly on social media from Bengals fans this year, Uh, this offensive line, we can debate whether they were good or not, or how good they were throughout the year. But that's, that's the logic. That's the reason I asked that question because of the, the speculation, at least outside the building about Frank Pollock. And so he will be back and barring something really unforeseen uh, with him. And we'll see on these other guys, specifically both
2: coordinators. I think that was one where it was fair to wonder, to be honest. I think that the reasoning for that that we talked about in the season was that Pollock's history, what he's known for, what he's schematically most comfortable with is not really stuff the Bengals do so much anymore. Like he comes from this wide zone play action coaching tree, which... So does Zach Taylor, to be fair, and Brian Callahan coming from from Gruden. Like these guys are all coming from the same coaching tree when you trace it back far enough. And Pollock, of course, also worked with some some great historical offensive line coaches, and that's why we were bullish on his hire when the Bengals made it. So when we were talking about do they go a different direction, it was because well, maybe Frank Pollock isn't the best fit for the kind of offense the Bengals want to run, but. Zach Taylor made it pretty clear that he really likes the coaching staff. He thinks they have great synergy. He thinks they communicate really well. He thinks they work really well together. But you go through the list of coaches, and and not as much on the offensive side of the ball. I don't think people are sitting here questioning Dan Pitcher or Troy Walters or James Casey or Justin Hill. Brad Crack. I mean, go through any of the offensive coaches. Frank Pollock was the one that took the most heat, besides Brian Callahan perhaps. I know that there is a pretty vocal sect, sect of fans or, or group of fans that was ready to move on from Callahan as well. But on the defensive side of the ball, certainly people down on Lou Anarumo this year, People, I've, I've had people questioning you know, Robert Livingston, the safeties coach, because of the way the, the safety struggled to start the year. I've seen people question coaches up and down this staff, essentially, because there was a little bit of regression for the Bengals on both sides of the ball and whether that's just personal turnover, roster turn, trying to get guys, young guys on defense up to speed, trying to incorporate different things on the offense where your quarterback is limited and then you have a quarterback change, or if that's a coaching issue, we'll find out. But I do think that there is something to be said for continuity. Even if there are some coaches that maybe you could do better, there is something to be said for coaching staff continuity. And, you know, we talked about it a lot last year with the continuity issue going into the season, didn't work out the way that they would have wanted it to, but it does make things easier. You don't have to change a whole lot of stuff when you do retain most of your coaching staff.
0: Sure. And, and we'll see who they retain. I think it's, I'll just use Robert Livingston and we can, and this is kind of a deep discussion about how we react or overreact. And at the end of yesterday's show, you discussed that. Robert Livingston is who developed Jesse Bates, by the way, when no one in, in not many people were uh, paying attention to the Bengals in 2019, certainly our audience is much bigger now than it was in 2019 uh, or or 2018. Either way, when the, the Bengals weren't contenders, that's when Jesse Bates was taking his lumps and, and having ups and downs and, struggling to tackle at times and all of those things. And he developed into one of the NFL's best safeties. That's, that's why it's, it's real easy to say, oh, well, Frank Pollock doesn't fit. Well, you know, what doesn't fit is when you take a guy in Jackson Carmen, who I, I think deep down, and I don't know this for sure. I'm not sure Frank Pollock would have taken Jackson Carmen. I'd be pretty shocked if he did, if it was up to him. And he never said that, to be clear, on or off record, no one in the building has said that to me. I am reading the tea leaves between the lines. It just doesn't fit what Pollock is about. I, I just I don't see it in in person personality wise, all of those things, traits wise. Cordell does, and he's not perfect either. So I get it. I get the the gripes about some of this. I also think that if if we look at the safeties again next year. And it hasn't developed with battle and, and with Dax Hill, then you start to question it. This first year, I, I I don't I don't go that route. You know, I think Cordell Volson has developed. some. people dismiss Jonah Williams like he hasn't developed. I do think he's developed, and, and has been a successful pick, even though there's some debate there. But and who knows, by the way, and he's been with Frank Polly for most of his his tenure in the NFL. So I, I think that part is interesting, that dynamic of things. And unless the guys hate these coaches or there's a really bad track record of, of high picks or talented guys that they're just not getting enough out of, I, I don't really get huge gripes about specific position coaches. I, I, I get it with like Troy Walters, he's proven. And so from his development with T to, to how he's helped develop Jamar and Jamar play at a high level – That's also the 33rd overall pick in the fifth pick. And so for Livingston, let's see how Dax does in, in year three, but really year two of actually playing defense and playing safety.
2: I think it's just so hard to isolate whether a position coach is a problem from the outside, because all you can do as a fan or someone who's outside is look at how players play. And if you attribute, you know, the way the players are playing, to the coaches and not to the front office or to the coaches and not the players themselves, that just is sometimes an easy thing to blame, especially when you believe in the players and and many people want to believe in the players and don't have, you know, you you never hear from Robert Livingston not to pick on him, but people are also unhappy with Darren Simmons. So, you know, you, you can name a coach on the coaching staff. You can probably find somebody who's ready to move on, but that will not be the case. Let's talk about Simmons just
0: briefly, just okay. a little bit.
2: We'll go Simmons. We'll talk about some interview requests that came in for some Bengal staff in the front office and coaching staff coming up next. We welcome our audience and you into the Lockdown Bengals podcast every day, sometimes to escape the crazy realities of life. But we're going to talk for just a minute about preparing for real life. You want to make sure you have access to medications. Maybe somebody gets sick in your family and there's a supply chain issue, maybe you just need access to a medication for your day-to-day life, you'll be okay because Jace Medical exists. The Jace case contains five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. That could happen. You can visit jacemedical.com right now and complete your physician encounter. That'll then be reviewed by a board certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost it's never been more important to be prepared than today go to jace that's j-a-s-e medical.com and use promo code locked on you'll get twenty dollars off your order
0: today's show is also brought to you by prize picks prize picks is daily fantasy the way it should be PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy platform in North America, and they're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. And why? Well, because you don't have to go against thousands of other players like you do with other daily fantasy leagues, including pros and sharks. Instead, all you do is you pick more than or less than on two to six PrizePix projections and watch the winnings roll in. You can even combine sports like NFL and NBA and Obviously, the playoffs are set to be in full swing. Maybe you think Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for less than his prize picks projection for passing ours. You can go that route. Maybe you think that Joe Flacco is going to throw for more than the number of interceptions that prize picks projects for him. You can combine those, you pick two to six, and you can earn up to 25 times your money today with prize picks. And all you have to do to sign up, it's simple. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. It's pricepix.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to
2: $100. You wanted to talk Darren Simmons for a moment, James. Yeah. A special teams coordinator who probably isn't going anywhere, but go ahead. A couple things.
0: This is the perfect example, right? You, you could look at Brad Robbins and say, man, Darren Simmons stinks. Because Brad Robbins stinks. Evan McPherson, meanwhile, who's also a drafted pick and drafted kicker, is freaking awesome. And I think he's been better, and he's gotten better this year. An area that you uh, discussed it during his first two seasons is how he struggled between 40 and 49 yards. Guess what? He didn't miss a kick from 49 and in this year. And was perfect on extra points. 7 of 12 from 50, I believe. And I'm not looking at the stats. I believe that's still right. And uh, Evan is growing into what I think is a complete kicker and and can hit those long ones, but can also hit the the ones that you would expect him to hit and, and kicking all the elements. Obviously, he's got that clutch gene where he's made so many big kicks for the Bengals with the game on the line. So it is interesting, and I'm not defending Brad Robbins. He was awful. Like, it was, it was really bad, and I like Brad. That's what sucks about saying his rookie year was awful because I, w- I was hoping he would be solid and he would stabilize that position, but we've seen Darren Simmons develop. And it's not like they need a punter coach because we've seen him develop punters. He developed Kevin Huber into one of the NFL's better punters. And, and so I, I think there will be competition for Brad Robbins, but that's an example of just because the coach is is there doesn't mean you blame the the coach, or in this case, the coordinator. I don't blame Darren. I do think he needs to press the right buttons to try to get the most out of, uh, out of Brad Robbins. But man, you, you just hope Brad takes a leap because obviously it was a, a big... Underwhelming rookie year.
2: Yeah, the the issue with Brad Robbins is for for many fans. Just just to be clear on this, I think an issue of the evaluation, because people assume that Darren Simmons is the only one making those decisions on punters. And and to be fair, Darren Simmons has a ton of impact as far as what specialists the team acquires. He's been doing it for so long. He's been part of the organization for so long, and. Honestly, who knows punters better than the people who coach them? Uh, I don't think that's a position that many scouts specialize in. You know, like nobody's out there. Like, man, I've never missed on a punter in my life. You should, you should hire me for your front. And maybe some front offices that have more personnel staff in them than the Cincinnati Bengals do do have specialists. Specialists. Uh, the other thing worth pointing out for for darren simmons just just to put a bow on that conversation is whether it's dvoa the old football outsiders metric whether it's pff the bengals graded really well overall as a special teams unit this year good coverage units this year for the most part charlie jones found his way as a return man after i was pretty hard on him early in the year he got better as a returner this year um and Evan McPherson, like you said, and, and you had those stats correct, was was really good this year and took that step of of being more consistent inside fifty yards, would like him to to make more of his fifty plus yard field goals. And and then you're talking about the best kicker in the league. As it is, you're probably talking about a top ten kicker in the league in Evan McPherson, and that's pretty good. The Bengals, one of the rare teams to nail top three drafting a kicker. Top three? Top three, yes. I I mean I'm not going to argue with you about specialists because I simply don't know or care enough. It's um, fine.
0: He's a weapon. You, you want to talk about it, it extensions this off season? Book that one. That man's getting extended this off season. Book it. That might be the first extension that comes down. Wouldn't there's a
2: there's so little year over year consistency for kickers, but Evan McPherson has been relatively consistent as yep. a young kicker especially in the clutch which is probably the most important thing for a kicker anyways uh hopefully trey brown wasn't the kicker evaluator for the cincinnati bengals involved in getting the pick right for evan mcpherson he might
0: hopefully he was the the punter evaluator (laughs) i'm just kidding
2: i'm just kidding (laughs) if he gets another job we can we can make that joke uh honestly we we hopefully he's a
0: defensive tackle evaluator
2: oh yeah sure trenches Honestly, right. though, you, you hope he's none of those things. You wish he, you wish him the best. He he's been requested to interview for the Raiders GM job. Just real quick,
0: as we're recording this, and it's Tuesday afternoon, the Titans just fired Mike Vrabel. That's weird.
2: I think that those who follow the Titans closely saw that coming when he didn't. He didn't have a presser yesterday on Monday. I don't think, and and people kind of read into the silence there. I think the
0: Titans are going in the wrong direction, which is good for the Bengals because the Titans are in the AFC. They've the never recovered from that win. <laughs> the, from Money Mac and, and Joe Burrow staying in the pocket after nine sacks and getting just crushed as he finds Jamar Chase up the sideline in Nashville. They've never recovered from that at Nissan Stadium, that divisional round playoff win for the Bengals.
2: So the Bengals will be facing a newly head coached Tennessee team in Tennessee in 2024
0: I can't wait for Titans fans to say what happened in week four this year now whatever
2: I don't think Titans fans care but uh Trey Brown interviewing with the Raiders if he does leave the upside for the Bengals which is is a nice thing to get and I think all teams should be maximizing this as much as possible would be a couple of compensatory picks if he were to get a GM job elsewhere uh, so we'll see what happens with with that. We have only seen a few names for the Vegas job so far, but Trey Brown, a name that we talked about last week, or maybe earlier this week, is a guy who might be getting GM interests, does once again have interest in at least one GM job so far as of the time of recording would send a, a bit of a shockwave through the Bengals front office just because they ask all of those guys in the front office to do so much. That's one of the reasons that Trey Brown is an attractive candidate. He's been part of several Super Bowl teams in the past. He's worn a lot of hats and a lot of front offices. So would certainly be some work that would need to be backfilled for Trey Brown. And it would be interesting to see what the coaching or what the front office staff would do, what direction they would take if Trey Brown were to depart. But a lot of the work that, you know, on the pro side, on the free agency side has been done at this point. It would just be really to get through the pre-draft process of talking to players, the combine and all that stuff. But we'll continue that conversation. Trey Brown potentially interviewing with at least one other team. Brian Callahan also requested for an interview. We'll get in to wrap up that conversation and shout out Ted Karras to finish up the show. Coming up next.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organized one part of your space and you want to tackle another. Maybe you're taking supplements every morning and now you want to eat breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strength so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick and are sustainable. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. And as you know, Jake and I both have really, really busy schedules. And if you're trying to give therapy a try and you have a busy schedule, it's hard to do. Well, BetterHelp has that flexibility. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge Celebrate the progress you've already made and visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's better, betterhelp.com slash locked on.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: James, any Trey Brown thoughts before we talk Ryan Callahan? No.
0: the the One, I I do think the front office will be okay. You're right. They would have to find another option there in – Go that route. It is nice to have him. There's no doubt. Hopefully they can keep him. Uh, I I do think that it's interesting, though. He's already interviewed with the Raiders, and they interviewed him last year. Well, Mm -hmm. 2022, excuse me. So two years ago now. And so there is some familiarity. They know what they're doing. Uh, They know who they're interviewing, and they've met with him before. So we'll see. Um, The Brian Callahan thing is interesting with Carolina. Who knows if there are other requests for for Lou or, or Brian or anything like that those things generally get reported before things get scheduled for these coaches because it's the request gets put in. That doesn't mean the Bengals have officially approved it yet. Of course they will. I expect Brian to interview with Carolina who knows what else happens, but, but I I think the thing to watch Bengals fans, it's pretty simple. And at some point they're going to lose someone to a new job, but you do not want to lose Brian Callahan and Dan pitcher at the same time because pitcher is clearly, in my eyes, the offensive coordinator in waiting if Brian gets a job. And if Brian stays, then Pitcher might get an offensive coordinator job elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what could happen. He's the current quarterback's coach for those wondering. So that's one domino just to pay attention to a bit.
2: And, and typically, the order of coaching hires in the offseason would be head coaches before coordinators. But last year it came up where Pitcher was interviewing with Tampa. He ends up returning. Bengals, I think, give him a little bit more money to keep him around anticipating this potential situation this year. Uh, And there's risk.
0: That's the one thing the Bengals do have. There's risk in leaving Joe Burrow to go to Tampa, which at the time, no Brady. Who's to say that they were going to win the division? Like
2: yeah, did, but so. you know, like the Arizona job last year, or the Indy job last year, or even the Panthers job this year. For a lot of these guys, the the opportunity to move up the coaching ladder is is just too good to pass up. It's pretty rare to see coaches follow the Zach Taylor career path of quarterback coach to to head coach, and so you want sure. to take those those steps on the ladder where you can.
0: Yeah, I, I think. And this is probably the year where pitcher one way or another gets a an OC job. I just think that you could have looked at that job from afar and said that's a one year job potentially. It, being hitching your wagon to Joe Burrow, it doesn't hurt. And he gets hurt, and guess what? Jake Browning played well, yeah, for the most part. So pitcher pitcher stock, I think, is pretty darn high. And Zach said so on Monday.
2: I think it, he's he's been on that trajectory for a while, and I think the job he did with Browning this year is only going to amplify that because where jake browning finished year versus where he started the year from our observations the way he was playing and the way he was handling training camp to the way he played in real nfl games is a pretty pretty big achievement for pitcher i think and, and browning a guy that they developed from practice squad to backup quarterback to viable backup quarterback and pitch was at the center of a lot of that and so if one of these guys gets a job, hopefully the other is retained. Honestly, from like a long-term perspective, probably the ideal path to ensure the, the longest duration of uh, continuity would be for Callahan to get a job, for them to have Pitcher step into the OC job for a few years before he eventually departs, if his trajectory continues the way it's going. But there's some other guys on this team that are, I think, in the coaching pipeline as well. And Taylor's alluded to that before, but a a number of guys that I think are thought of pretty highly around the NFL.
0: Sure. Troy Walters, keep an eye Mm -hmm. on him because Andre Yosifov did just have four touchdowns out of Princeton, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, and that's a sixth rounder. And so I, I do think that people uh, across the league really respect him. I, I also think that to your point, and I agree it on paper feels that way, but Let's just say Callahan leaves for Carolina. We'll just use that example and, and pitcher gets promoted and the Bengals win 14 games next year and get the one seed and do everything we thought that they could do this year, which is realistic. I still think they could be that team, depending on what happens this offseason. We sure pitcher won't get a job right away in just one year and then be. And, and so you just don't know. I think that's yeah. with success comes all these question marks and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see if the Bengals can dodge them again or, or how many guys they lose and who they have to replace them with.
2: Yes, it's when it does eventually happen. It will be the first or most significant test for the Taylor coaching staff, which has been largely intact for the entire Zach Taylor career or, or tenure in Cincinnati. And so, we haven't really seen them go through significant, you know, coordinator level major coaching changes. We we know they replaced an offensive line coach. There've been some position coaches on defense here and there, but. They, they've managed to keep that group together. And and I think that that is part of why they would continue to do it. Whether or not that's a good thing, I think that, that could be a matter of some debate. Sometimes doing the same thing isn't always the best thing. Sometimes continuity isn't always good. Anyone working in organizations that sees business processes knows that sometimes just doing it because you've always done it that way isn't always a good thing. But there there are some upsides like Communication, familiarity, terminology, being on the same page as far as direction of the team, the culture, the style you want to use uh, schematically on either side of the ball. Those things are upsides. Last thing, James, Ted Karras wins the Walter Payton Man of the Year Challenge. An additional $35,000 goes to Ted Karras's charity, the Village of Marici. And that is a, a testament to Ted, a testament to all the fans that were in the voting process. And, I mean, we're both wearing Scentsy hats for anybody watching. We know that that money is going to a good place and making a real difference.
0: Yeah, I think it's probably the best news you could get on a, a Tuesday, January 9th when the Bengals are out of the playoffs is is you know and maybe you say oh no it's jamar chase extension because he's eligible well, that wasn't happening today so yeah it's it's great because of the difference in, in the fact that ted has just been here for two seasons feels like he's one of these long-term bengals and uh obviously i expect him back next year for year 3 of his contract but it's uh it's been great to uh to get to know him and and see the impact and work with them in directly with the sense he had and who would have thought that in really the city, it's been just over a year, mm-hmm. but changing lives the way they have, and I know they have plans to expand to Cincinnati as well, as far as the impact and and helping those with special needs. So can't say enough good things about it. I love that uh, Ted has been able to juggle that along with uh, protecting uh, both Jake Browning and Joe Burrow, and uh, hopefully he plays at a high level again next year. But this is great off the field news for sure.
2: In addition to raising money for a good cause, changing Cincinnati fashion. Forever. I'm using right. hyperbole. Forever. I, it these might hats. be. It might. It might Are just hard, be a staple. Hard to imagine these hats going anywhere anytime soon. And the city has certainly embraced Ted as Ted has embraced the city of Cincinnati. Uh, any other things that we need to cover? Carolina messed up the picture of Brian Callahan. I don't know if you guys saw Ooh. the tweet. I don't know if anyone I'm else so even... glad.
0: I'm so glad you got it. I'm so glad you got it. You've never been more clutched.
2: That's I don't know if anyone else even noticed because why would you click on the Panthers.com, you know, generic story. We're we're requesting to interview Brian Callahan. And I click on it and I go scroll down to the image and it's damn picture. What are yeah. what are we and, doing? And
0: then Ben Baby put me in there. We tweeted <laughs> that one out. Hilarious. They also spelled uh modern. Alma Mater wrong. Alma yeah. Matter. Yeah. I mean, come on now. David Tepper's got money. All right, he's gonna pay whatever coach money. He's paying like four coaches. People pay your social
2: team to pay more attention. It, it was just the the Jeff Hobson equivalent, one of the Carolinapanthers.com writers made a couple of mistakes. I assume, I assume he's also doing their graphics. Maybe not. Nah. He, it was his byline.
0: Yeah, sure, but there's a graphics person. I'm just saying, make sure that they don't have to rush you. Yes, that's all. Give them yes. more of a heads up. They've known for weeks they were going to interview Brian Callahan. They haven't had a coach in th- three damn months. Come on, David Tepper.
2: I'm the just optics are the optics are really bad for it's, like a, a pretty non football part of <laughs> the Panthers' operation.
0: You think they spelled Bryce wrong when they drafted Bryce Young? B R I C E instead of Y. Bryce Young.
2: Honestly, they got some spell checkers. Got quarterback. Some Auburn. Oh wait,
0: not Auburn. He didn't go to Auburn. Stanley, he didn't go to Auburn? Oh, God.
2: That's going to do it we're for doing... this episode of the Locked On That's... Bengals podcast. We're getting into the draft a little bit later this week with our first draft primer of the year with Mike Renner. We'll have some content for you here. Just throw DJ Moore in. Who cares? Offseason, Don't mode. need him. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. day, and have a good one.